Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Price Game Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And as always, we'll start off with kind of what we've been doing in media for ourselves just lately. For me, I haven't really watching much or reading much new. Well, what about you, Clint? Yeah, same. It's actually been kind of a busy week. I've been reading kind of the same books for the most part. But I did want to share one thing with you guys. I was actually listening to the radio on the way here. And one thing that I heard... I came upon this station, I don't know if it was Catholic or Christian at all, but they're kind of talking about pro-life stance. And so one thing that kind of struck me was they were interviewing this woman, and it kind of struck my attention because she said she was from Sioux City, Iowa, which is kind of the opposite side of the state that I'm from, (laughs) but I digress. So she was talking about her story and how that related with abortion. So her story starts with, her, her mother conceived her while she was in college, and because of that, her mother, even though she didn't want to abort, she actually wanted to have the child, but she was kind of forced into an abortion. And so they brought her to the hospital, and after five days of trying to kill her, she was still alive. You know, And so they tried to force her to, to give birth, and... In doing so, eventually after five days, she she was born, you know, and she was actually still healthy and they couldn't figure out why. And they did some research and apparently the doctor had lied on the forms saying mm-hmm. that she was only about half as far in her wow. gestation as, as she really was, which is why she was actually strong enough to survive the abortion attempts. So she survived and... The lady was saying in her interview that typically what happened at this hospital when that happened, people survived the abortion, is that they would take the baby and they would put them in a jar of formaldehyde and put them in a storage closet until the baby died and then dispose of them with the rest of the hospital waste, which the lady in the interview and, and the the host of that show said it perfectly. It's, it's really just disgusting. You it's know? insane. And it's It's sad. But the thing that really blew my mind was what happened next. So the nurse actually saw the breathing girl after she was born. And rather than putting her in a jar of formaldehyde, decided to bring her to the the NICU, the children's section of the hospital, you know, to save the baby. And it just makes you think, what, what switched, you know, if a minute ago, literally a minute ago, they were trying to murder this child, and then out of nowhere, she switched. After seeing the birth, now she's trying to save the child. Yeah. And 
you know, it, it just kind of brings up a question. And the reason why I, I really wanted to share this with you guys is obviously it's a really powerful story, but some exciting news yeah, yeah, yeah. going off of this. I don't know how else to explain it, but Steve, who is also on this show, he recently accepted a new job and he has started this week as Texas Right to Life, something right, like Texas that. Texas Right for Life. Yeah, yeah there right, it is. Right to Life. Yeah, yeah, so he's working for the Texas Right to Life now. So it just really fit uh, yeah. that we would hear this story right before uh, recording today. So Steve is doing that. He will still be joining us on the show. So Definitely. He's not gone by any means, but he is in that new stage of his life where he is standing up for these people just like the lady in the story that we we heard. So we wanted to share that story with you too. On a unrelated note though, <laughs> no transition this week, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking back this week, back to kind of where my conversion with Christ started. And I was thinking about how the media at the time was affecting me. So I was looking back into high school and something I like to do in high school was I would take songs and I would write parodies of them. So I take pop songs and it was super corny, really, really bad, but I thought it was kind of funny. So I did it. And once I kind of had my conversion, I started writing parodies of pop songs about Christ related things. Like a Christian weird owl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I remember my favorite one. I don't even remember how it goes, but I did the song Moves Like Jagger. Yeah. Became Moves Like Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. Wow, okay. So like that that age of songs is kind of like where my parodies took off. And so from that, I realized that I now listen to lyrics thinking about, okay, what is being told to me through this you know how does this fit with christ you know we have a lot of love songs so that works really well we just think of it as christ singing that to us or us singing that to christ and sometimes i'd have to change a few words here and there to make it work but typically most songs it's going to work as a song sung to us you know so a couple weeks ago a classic for all of us millennials this is something that Anyone our age is going to definitely know this song, I think. It came on the radio, and I couldn't help but just hear this message loud and clear that I want to share with you guys today. So we're going to walk through that song. The song is Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. So get excited. (laughs) I I love this song. And I see this song as kind of this love letter from us to Christ. So we'll go ahead and walk through the the lyrics and kind of explain some of our thoughts on it as we go through. So it starts off in the first section says, we'll do it all, everything on our own. We don't need anything or anyone. And I think this is just us kind of starting this conversation with Christ. You know, we're, we're talking to him. We're saying we don't need anyone or anything else, but we do need him. You know, it's that admission that we get distracted by all these things in our life but right in this moment we're realizing we don't need those things they are great our friends our family all these things but without him they wouldn't even exist they 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 mean nothing and then we see in philippians chapter 4 says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me you know we see in this moment we need him we need the strength that he gives us. We need the gifts that he gives us for us to even survive. So that's kind of the first section there starting off this, in a way, love poem to Christ. So the next part, it says, 
if I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? I really like this part because sometimes we need to just forget the world and refocus ourselves on Christ. Yeah, I literally just came from confession. Yeah. And my penance after leaving confession was, he's like, I haven't been outside because I'm obviously in these confined walls here in confessions, but I just want you to go outside, which is funny because I have like a perpetual adoration going on. So he could have sent me to adoration. He's like, no, I want you to go outside and find somewhere nice to sit down and just sit and take in like God's love. Mm. And it wasn't like a penance of like, go do this or go say this. It was just sit and relax. Just be. And just be. And it was like that. Just remember like leaving after doing that and like getting my car to leave. And it was just like, not on naturally just lovely. But two, just like, that's what like confession is. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine people think confession is like, go get rid of everything. And then like, what, what do I need to do? And it's like, no, 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 just go and just be. Mm-hmm. And that's what this line just reminds me of. There's like, yeah. we just lay with me and forget everything else and just be. Yeah. That's actually it's a beautiful penance. Yeah. That's amazing. And kind of similar, but a little different as well. So this always reminds me of being in adoration. And everyone does this different, but this these words especially speak to me because when I'm in adoration, I like to lay prone on the ground facing the, the floor. I'm someone who gets distracted really easily in mass and in adoration, so I need to block out everything else. And when I'm doing that, it doesn't matter if there's 300 or even if I'm at a conference and there's like 5,000 people in the room. It doesn't matter because all that I'm focused on in that moment is just me and him. And, and that's where the most powerful and most intimate prayer for me comes from. When I just lay before him, it's like everything else fades away. And all I can focus on is just him. And so that's kind of the, the vibe that I'm getting from from this section here. And like you said, we're just being with him in that moment, yeah, letting exactly. everything else just just fade. So going into the next section, it says, I don't quite know how to say how I feel. And I think this is a very real thing for all of us. We find it difficult sometimes to just speak with Jesus and just be real with him. I think a lot of the times, especially for myself, prayer is kind of shallow and doesn't go beyond kind of this supplication, this asking for things. And I kind of ask myself, why is that? Maybe it's because we're afraid to be open. We're afraid to be honest and vulnerable. Maybe because too often in our world, someone who shows those traits is beaten down and broken for showing their so-called weakness by those they trusted. But that's not what Christ does. You know, in Scripture... Over 35 times, he tells us over and over again that he will never forsake us. You know, so no matter what we tell him, no matter how honest we are with him, no matter how much we are hurt and broken, he's never going to leave us. And he commits to that over and over again because we don't believe him. Or maybe we find it difficult to speak to him because we can't see him. And, you know, he feels so much bigger in like this unreal presence. Yeah, and I was thinking, kind of like sitting with those words, I don't know kind of how to say how I feel, and I feel that often. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing is like, maybe we don't really know what to say because of how we might be praying. 
Mm-hmm. And so like lately, this week has been a change in my prayer because a week ago, you know, me and Steve mentioned how we were doing the 33 days to merciful love. Right. So we just finished that on Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another end of another Exodus like Bible study I was doing. And I had all these books. Mm-hmm. That every time I went to prayer, I was like, all right, read this one. Okay, let me meditate a little bit. Okay, read this one. And now I have like no books or anything. It's just me and prayer. And the other day, I, I was like, I know I need to pray. I just need to talk to God. But I don't really know what to say. Literally mm-hmm. that. So I just went into adoration. I actually also laid straight, like prostrate on the, on the floor. And I just sat there and I was like, God, I don't know what you have for me. I don't know what you want me to say. Mm-hmm. And I just sat in silence for a bit. And I was leaving. I just, as I opened the door to leave, I just felt like peace wash over me. And then it was a chapel I go to all the time. But also in leaving the double doors going outside, I noticed this huge mural of St. Therese that I've never noticed before. Wow. And then once I went outside, I noticed like these two beautiful like flower gardens to my right and to my left, just like with beautiful flowers. And I just like smiled. Like I just chuckled out loud and I was like, thanks. And just like went to my car and like left. And it was awesome. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar with St. Therese, her nickname and what she's known for is being the little flower. We've talked about her a couple of times on the show. Really, really a cool story. So go ahead and look up her. Maybe we'll talk about her in a future episode. I'm sure we will. Yeah. But really, the little flower, we're talking about doing the little things with great love. So she would always say that her way of loving, because she couldn't do great things, was she would do small things with great love. And that's her way of loving God and loving each other. So she's got a very beautiful story. I don't know why, but I always picture like Cinderella in the beginning of the movie with the evil stepsisters. Yeah. Like doing chores, but yeah. like being fine with it. Yeah, that's actually a really good comparison. So I think going back to kind of this not knowing how to feel and, and feeling that God is almost unapproachable, that's why he came down to earth. That's why he took on this this form as a human, you know? He wanted to make himself more approachable. And obviously there was other reasons too, but this was his way of doing it, and he chose this way specifically for a reason. I think a lot of that has to do with being able to bridge that gap where we can feel more comfortable with him. And then he also stayed behind on earth, giving us himself, his real body and blood, soul and divinity in the Eucharist. You know, I think a lot of the times we don't think about that at Mass or at Adoration, but that is actually Jesus right there, and that's what we believe as Catholics. And so we see in scripture and in the teachings of the church that Christ desires to be our friend. But we also see something way more important than that as well. He desires to be our lover. He desires to be in a relationship with us and to know us intimately and for us to know him intimately. And so I guess with that, do we not trust our friends? And even more so, do we not trust those that we love? And are we not open with them? And so if that's the case, then why can we not be open and trusting and intimate with Christ, who loves us way, way more than we can ever imagine, who trusts us and wants to be with us way more than our friends or family could ever even be capable of? And he is perfect in love and mercy, so we should, in essence, have nothing to fear. So hopefully that's kind of a warming thought. I also just realized looking at these lyrics, thinking of like the call to childlike faith. 
yeah of in that moment of like when a child feels something and they're like i don't know what this is where do they run to figure out what that is to their parents to their parents absolutely so they're like they'll run to their mom or their dad the father and be like i don't know how to say what i feel but i'm feeling something or i don't even know what i'm feeling Mm -hmm. but i know you'll know yeah and they have that trust yeah that's beautiful and i think going back to that christ tells us to be like children all the time you know so it's really important that we keep that in mind as well so the next section of the song says those three words are said too much they're not enough and i think we can make the assumption that those three words are i love you which in our society i think is way overused so in english we say i love you for everything we say i love this or that i love pizza i love hamburgers i really do i love football i love soccer i love reading books whatever it is for you we all love quote unquote all these different things we we love our family but we don't love our family in the same way that we love pizza right that's not the same and we don't love our spouses in the same way that we love football it's different and so the greeks did a lot better job at distinguishing between these different loves and we've talked about this before but i want to kind of reiterate them again especially for some of our new listeners so we have in greek in the original when the bible was written in the original greek these are kind of the different words that were used so the first one i want to talk about is philio so philio is kind of the love between friends right right so we have this kind of interesting friendship where we love each other you know maybe if you're going out with your friends you're just like man i love you love you clint yeah i love you gordon just like that so we got kind of this filio love going on here and that is going to be different than your uh, storgy love which is your familial love the love between a father and a son or a father and daughter mother son mother daughter whatever or even between siblings you know right. it's a different kind of love and, and so we see this filio between friends we see this storge between families and then we see one that we're more familiar with the eros which is the romantic love i think a lot of the times we get confused on this and think that it's just sexual love it's so much more than that it is an intimate love it's Yes, it is the the sexual, but it's also so much more. It's a different form of love in itself. But the type of love that is used in the Bible when we talk about how Jesus loves us and how we are called to love him is agape. So this agape love is the total self-giving love. So this love only focuses on what is best for the other and never seeks to take. It's always giving and never taking. It's okay to receive. You know, we can receive love. And in fact, we should receive love. But it should never be taking. So it's also the type of love that the lyrics are desiring. Above this shallow love of society. It's saying that these three words when we say I love you. That's not enough. We need to mean agape. It's something so much more. So much more intimate. Speaking on god's love and what is enough and what's not and also just another take on this line of 
they're said too much and they're not enough as I've heard and some you may, may have heard as well you know God is relational not ritual mm, yeah and so I think a lot of the times we say things at mass or we say prayers like the Our Father and the Hail Mary and we're saying them because we know the words mm-hmm. but that's not enough it's like what are you saying where are you meaning what you're saying mm-hmm. and that's what this agape love is like it's not just i love you but it's this covenantal love of christ on the cross for our salvation yeah and maybe you can relate to this too being a minister to the youth as well for me a lot of the times when i look at my teens if they're going through and doing what i ask that's great but if they by the time they graduate have not developed a relationship with christ in in a way i feel like i've failed them you know that is what we desire for them right and obviously that's not entirely on us but that is what we are here for we are here to help them develop that relationship and and be introduced to that and so that is so much more than just like you said the ritual but it's that relationship Going from there, there's a few lines that are kind of repeated from above, so I'll go ahead and and skip those. But the next part says, Forget what we're told. Before we get too old, show me a garden that's bursting into life. I really like this section. The first part, the forget what we're told before we get too old, this reminds me a lot of how a lot of the time the youth is looked down upon or thought of as not capable of doing great things or even... I hear a lot of the time people saying that the youth is the future of the church. That's not true. The youth is the church. We are all part of it. Like I said before, working with our teens, they are very much a part of the church and what they do and what they are capable of is just as great as what we are, just in different ways. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Do not let others despise you for your youth, but rather be an example to believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. So I think that's exactly what we're talking about. These, these children are being told that they're not worthy. And then by the time they are, quote-unquote, old enough to be worthy, then they don't care anymore. I feel like that's happening a lot in our society right now. I think we need to get past that mentality. We need to tell our our youth that they are important right now and they can make a difference right where they are right now. I think that's really important for us to to instill in them. But the next line is what I really like. Show me a garden that's bursting into life. I think the garden that he's singing about is the Garden of Eden. And the reason why I think he's saying that is the world that we were created for before the fall and the sin and pain tainted it was the Garden of Eden. We were made for Eden. And they're asking us to forget the lies that we have heard throughout our life and witness the truth and the beauty of the garden that we were meant for, the garden of life. So Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. This garden that we seek is in a way Christ himself, but it's that original relationship, that original holiness that we were created for. Yeah, because of the Garden of Eve being the Garden of Life, that was, in essence, our church in the sense of, like, what our building, you know, our parishes are now, like, the church is the building, was the garden. And back then, like, a lot of the churches back in the day, when you walk inside, were gardens 
they had trees and plants and things on the inside mm. because of that idea. And something else I was just thinking of is another way to like kind of look at this. I've actually never thought of the whole like children of the future of our church almost being an us and them statement. Yeah. But it really is. It like separates us. It does. Yeah. Um, but another more relevant idea is forget what we're told in media. Forget like mm-hmm. the mistruths or like the lies that can be fed to us young before we get told. Because when you get to when you get older, believing something or thinking about something that's not true, then it's less of like you're choosing to believe it, but it's a habit. Mm-hmm. And so if you actually forget all these things that aren't true and focus on Christ himself, by the time you're old, you are now this flourishing, beautiful garden. Right. You're exactly how he created you to be. Yeah. Gosh. See, I feel like the more that we dig into this, it's yeah. just, it's really a, a beautiful song. And it's and so beautiful. Simple. It is. It's yeah. very simple lyrics, but it's very beautiful. And I feel like it's painting a, a really intimate relationship so looking at the the next section here it says let's waste time chasing cars around our heads and obviously this is where the title of the song comes from but i think the line let's waste time tells us that they they don't want to worry about the time passing or the stressing about what comes next we get trapped in this fast-paced world all the time and sometimes we forget to just slow down and be like we were talking about before to experience creation and the world around us. This part of the song, I think, is an invitation to just sit back with God and watch the world just happen in front of our eyes. To chase cars around in our minds. To watch Christ's story, our story, because we are part of Christ's story, unfold right before us. And to share that moment with him. To appreciate that moment and to let him love us in that Similar to what we talked about in uh, a past episode, The Greatest Show, about The Greatest Showman. So in the next section, we have the words, I need your grace to remind me to find my own. Obviously, we need God's grace. I think that's something that uh, we can agree to there. But we need God's grace in order to discover who we truly are and who we are created to be. So we've already talked about that earlier, especially with the garden and trying to get back to what we are created for. I think to find our grace, so to speak, is to discover who we are again. To be in that moment where we are receiving grace from God and we are in that intimate relationship, not prohibited or restrained by all these other things. We need to have God's grace. We can't do anything without him or without the grace of God. Our very life and breath are gifts that he gives us. But with his grace, we can, like we said before, do all things. And I think that's why it was so important for the priest to give me the penance today that way. Because when you are just like sitting there and he asked me, so he said, not just sit there, but like receive God's grace. Yeah. And like seek it because now I just confessed my sins. He just absolved me and I'm sitting here and I can like at this very moment feel most God's grace at the times when we've sinned and it's harder to. Um, And when you can feel that moment and like one of those things where you're like, someone's like take this moment and remember it Mm -hmm. so that when something else happens you can fall back on that memory right it's one of those things of when we can actually see like okay god in this moment of just sitting here outside i realize who i'm meant to be and i feel like that's a beautiful lesson in humility too humility i like to define humility and i don't know where i got this but as recognizing who god is and who we are you know so it's not 
just tearing ourselves down, but it's recognizing, sure, we might be great, but God is so much greater. You know, so it's kind of putting ourselves in perspective. And I think when we do that, and like you said, being in that moment, enjoying that with God, we start to see here's him and here's us. And we're on a, a much different level, obviously. So kind of going back to the song, we have this next section where, again, we're, we're repeating the chorus from above. So we'll go ahead and skip that. But the next section says, All that I am, all that I ever was, is here in your perfect eyes, and they're all that I can see. And I think when, when we look into Christ's perfect eyes in, in prayer, in the Eucharist, we begin to start to see ourselves. And that's kind of what we've been talking about here. We see ourselves and we look to Christ as we were, as we are, as we long to be, and as we should be. We see our lives in a whole new light. And when we are able to truly see that it's all that we want to see, and it's, it's as if we're not able to see anything else. We see him everywhere and in everyone and in everything. When we see ourselves through Christ, we start to recognize that so much more in everything. Moving on to kind of the next section here, it says, I don't know where, confused about how as well. Just know that these things will never change for us at all. And I think this really speaks to the unchangingness of God, but also to the unchangingness of his love. We will never fully understand the mystery or the love of Christ, but that does not take away from their truth or their reality. His love is, always has been, and will be forever. It does not waver or fade. It it is agape, and it will remain. I think it's a beautiful reminder that this love poem of our relationship with Christ ends with a reminder that no matter how chaotic the world is, no matter how fleeting earthly relationships and emotions may be, God himself is unchanging. And right at the end, it says one more time, if I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? The song ends asking Christ to just be with us, just one-on-one, forgetting the rest of the world and spending time in each other's presence. And like I said, I, I, I see this song as a beautiful poem, this beautiful love song that we sing to him. So my challenge to you this week is to spend some time one-on-one with Christ in prayer, in adoration, whatever that might be. Maybe just going out into nature like Gordon and just being there. If you can go to adoration, do it. But whatever way you can do that, be open and honest with him. But don't forget to just take time to just be with him and not worry. And a second challenge is during that time in his presence, write Christ your own love letter. It doesn't need to be fancy or eloquent, but make it honest. Tell him how you feel. Tell him why you love him and what his love means to you. Then read it to him as this honest prayer with him. If you guys do that, if you want to, if you want to share with us, we'd love to hear how that goes. You don't Definitely. have to be too detailed on what you wrote and stuff, but we'd love to hear from you guys if you do go ahead and do the challenges because we love hearing about that kind of stuff. So with that, do you have any shout-outs, Gordon? Yeah, I do. I don't really know they're all by name, but this past Sunday, me and Chris went to Shrine of the True Cross for Mass and also for our Consecration Day. Mm -hmm. And we have this retreat coming up next month 
where all our missions for Adore come together and bring kids from each parish. Okay. And it's one full retreat with, like, conju- like making all the missions kind of one for one weekend. And we're trying. Me and him are trying to fundraise to where the kids at Shrine don't have to worry about the cost. And so we didn't have plans for announcements at that mass, but they announced it. And then mm-hmm. they saw us and they're like, "You want to speak?" And we're like, "Great!" So we went and spoke. And then afterwards. Long story short, we ran into like three different people that came up to us, and now we're fully funded. And like I know their names on my emails, I'd have to go back, but just shout outs to this family, to the parish of Shrine of the Jew Cross, all those people that have helped us, mm-hmm. and so much more. There's people on Chris's end, there's people on my end that have totally covered this retreat. So like 12 to 16 kids can go totally free. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if we ever actually explained this, but for those of you who've been listening from the beginning, Back in our podcast on the hurricane, we talked about a parish nearby that had been essentially completely destroyed. That is the parish that Gordon works at. Yeah. So they are officially back on their feet. Yeah. Uh, They just had the consecration of the altar and everything. Correct. So the church is back going again. Still a lot of rebuilding, but totally still having mass. We finally have a chapel. Yeah. Which is lovely. And so he's been able to, with Chris, who we've given shout-outs to all the time, they are rebuilding this youth program and getting it back up on its feet again after the hurricane. Yeah. So it's a really beautiful story there as do well. Do you have any shout-outs? I do. So the first shout-out that I have is for Cody Labe, who we have given shout-outs to a lot. But the reason why I want to give this one to him is because... In the last week, he has listened to every single episode that we have ever put out on this show. Nine days, 25 episodes. So he crushed it, and he's given us a lot of feedback on that as well, with some new ideas, which will be coming up in the future. So if you too have ideas for what you want to hear on the podcast, please let us know. We love to hear from you guys, and we want to do episodes and stuff that you want to hear from. So just let us know what you want to hear. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Ben Balto. He is a core member in my junior high youth program, and he also started listening this week. And then I also wanted to give a shout-out to Dylan Himber, so a new listener as well. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Let us know what you think. We are still looking for new ideas for that art. Yeah, from some uh, designs for merch, whether it be we do shirts or we do mugs. We're not really sure what we want to do, but if you want to just send us a design or if you're like i'm not artistic but i have an idea and you want to send it like on twitter or message us like this is my idea for what would be a cool design i can picture in my head send us that information and if it's dope we will try to turn it into something real and you can win free merch yep if you are the one that's chosen so please let us know your ideas we really want to hear from you guys and as always we will be praying for you and we hope that you pray for us if you guys have any ideas on what you'd like to hear, if you want to share your story with us, please, please, please let us know. Again, it's at the Christ in Culture at gmail.com. It's always at the bottom of the notes section of the podcast. You can also get us at Twitter, which is at on the adventure two. And then we're on Facebook. But other than that, I want to ask you guys one more time, please, please, please give us reviews on whatever source you are listening to. Because the more you give us reviews, the more, whatever it's iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play, 
they take that in consideration and they recommend that to other people. And so thanks to you guys who have done the reviews, we have been able to get spread out to more people all around the world. So thank you guys so much for doing that. And we want to thank you guys for joining us again this week on the adventure. And we will see you next week. Bye.